0: Welcome to the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. Great to have you with us again today, where we learn these small things about leadership that we can change or make a massive difference in our lives in the future. We tell the story behind the story. With me in the studio today is Joel and Marion Smucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. you. Guys came the whole way from Cape Town, South Africa. We're that's gonna right. hear about that. And we're gonna hear your leadership journeys. We're gonna so you guys grew up in two different nations. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. Okay. So Joel, you grew up here in America, right? Yep, that's right. We're Pennsylvania in America. Lancaster County. Lancaster County, Born Pennsylvania. Right. And Marion, you grew up in, in Nairobi. Nairobi, yeah. Kenya. Wow. That's, right. that's a lot of space between those two places That's we're right. we're gonna hear your stories we're gonna start with you yeah. uh, it just tell us a bit about how you came to know the Lord how did you come to know the Lord back in the day
1: oh I grew up in a Christian family Wonderful. my dad and my mom were in Baptist Church okay and uh, I was I went to um, Sunday school but sure. I did not have a relationship but right. when I went to chakos in high school and I was seventeen. I had a relationship with the Lord, and the principle led me to the Lord. Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: Machaco. That's a beautiful yeah. place. I've been to Machaco. love that place. Yeah. Great. So you came to Christ then when you were in Machaco's in school? Yes. Okay. 17. Now let's go back to America here. Mm-hmm. Joel, how did you come to Christ? You grew up. Didn't you grow up in an Amish home? I grew up in an Amish home. That's right. Wow. Yeah. So we have a Kenyan and an Amish here. I we got to hear how this all works. Okay. So tell me how you came to Christ.
2: Um, as I said, I grew up in an Amish home. Um, so it was always a God awareness there. Sure. Um, and then when I was, I think it was probably six or seven, there was a, um, there was this thing called a candy cane mailbox Bible club that I used to get in the mail and you'd color pictures sure. and answer questions and send them back. And in that there was a, um, you know, there was the, the, the plan of salvation was in that. And so wow. that's the first time that I prayed the prayer of, you know, ask Jesus basically to, Put me in the Lamb's Book of Life, as it said in that publication. So, so
0: even though you grew up Amish, you really would have never had that experience before?
2: Uh, no, but at that time I was six years old. So.
0: Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So God's meeting you both, two different parts of the world. Now let's hear about your journey. How did you get, I mean, you come from two different parts of the world. How did you get to meet each other? How did that happen?
1: So when I was 21 I yeah. was so tired of being in my home country and I moved to South Africa. Okay. I was going to go study there and look for work. Okay. And in the process I I, I was working in a restaurant. And one day, I met Maron um, Cherie. they walked in the
0: restaurant. Maron Shree Shank, yes. met you in a restaurant. Yes, and I was six
1: six months in South Africa, and I was looking for a
2: church. Wow.
1: And I remember that day, I was so tired. I, I had had it, it was on a Sunday afternoon. They walk in, and in me, I felt such a shift, you know, like there was something about them. And I went, and I sat them down, and I started talking to them. And we talked for a while, and then they told me they were pastors. Yes. And they invited me to their church. And when I went back, my manager was actually very upset because I spent so much time <laughs> talking to them. Yeah. And then I started going to church with them. Okay. And, yeah. And then you never... I met I didn't meet you right
0: away. Okay. So
1: someone in the congregation had a word for me to go to Bible school. Okay. But I wasn't convinced, and I sure. prayed about it. I fasted about it. And I had some things in place and I talked to the Lord and I said, Lord, if you give me a job that I could work and go to the Bible school, then I know it's you. Sure. And that happened. It happened. It did. And I, and I joined Bible school in 2005. It was
0: a Bible school in Cape Town.
1: In Cape Town, South Africa. Wow. Yeah, which was um, part of the church when Marinsha, we were going then. And yeah, later that year, but we didn't date. Yeah, he can tell the story. Tell the story from your perspective.
2: And so I, um, I had graduated from that same Bible school like a year or two earlier, okay. and I'd gone back to Cape Town because um, I was young and single at that time, and you can fly around a lot, right? Um, and so that's when we met, and then we were friends for about a year and a half, I think, right. and then we uh, became more than friends, and then I think a year and a half after that we got married. So and you get
0: married in Cape Town, South in Cape Africa. Town. Yeah, that's wow. From, yeah. Okay. So your families came from. Kenya and from USA to the wedding
2: her mom was there and my brother was there and that was our family okay everything the dynamics of traveling and different reasons nobody else could make it. of course yeah
0: now this is a leadership podcast so we want to talk about leadership things that you've learned over the years and so as you look through those early stages of your life up until Bible school meeting one another eventually getting married as you look back now what are some things you learned about leadership or you're involved in leadership for both of you back in those days
1: Yeah, um, when I was in high school, I was a captain in basketball and Uh was a captain in the library. So I learned a lot through uh, that time. But one of the things that stands out up to today is um, always look out for those who are not popular. Oh, that's good. Reach out for those that, you know, don't say much. And yeah.
0: Look out for those who are not popular.
2: That is so good. Mm -hmm. Good. So you were learning in this
0: whole process.
2: And how about you, Joel? Um, For me, uh, being Amish, you know, you quit school at 13 and you get a full-time job. And so uh-huh. that's what I did. Um, and then in that, jo- in that job, job there's a guy named Dan Stolzfus who sort of um, taught me a lot about... Sure. <clears throat> he taught me a trade. And I always credit him for a lot of, um, like, just for, you know, giving me an opportunity in that time and giving me a chance to learn right. um, a trade and things like that. And then later, there was a time when he was injured. And then for, I think it was a, a few months period, I actually... Um, took over the, the crew and so I was able to lead the crew. So I learned a bit through that, Sure. Uh, but I also learned a lot from the guy himself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was sort of a, a mentor to me in that stage.
0: So fast forward to today, you have four children today, it's awesome, we, and boys, girls, how many?
2: Three girls and one boy. Okay, three and
0: one. And so, uh, same as my family, we got three girls, one boy. And uh, so you're now missionaries yes. in Cape Town, South Africa. So, what? Tell us about your life now. What's going on now? What kind of leadership things are you involved in now as your missionaries in Cape Town?
2: Um, we uh, lead the youth group of House of Praise in Cape Town, and we also um, we started a cycle a cycling club while we're there, and that's just a way of reaching out to sure. the, uh, the the boys in the community because there's a right. there's a lack of. Um, male role models and so that's just an excuse basically to rub shoulders with the youth of the community and to to mentor them into adulthood.
0: Exactly, and
2: how about you Marion?
1: We also are elders in the house of praise. Okay. So yeah, we work mostly with families and with the pandemic we mostly meeting at home in smaller sure. groups and yeah. that has been great. It has been so good.
0: Yeah, small groups and yeah. homes is a powerful way to learn leadership and yeah. to train leaders. Right. You know, first time I ever prophesied I was with three people in a small group mm-hmm. and I was so scared and I was sweating, <laughs> you know, but and there was two other people if I mess it up it's okay. You know so that's we believe so much in small groups you know in the Bible of course they met publicly in house to house and small groups and that's so important today also Joel you are a author you've uh, helped write a book called Evolving Missions compiled by Peter Bunton and Hilary Vargas 24 voices from around the world reflecting on missions today and you're one of those voices so congratulations that's right thank you yeah that's great if you want that book that's on the show notes by the way I uh, hope it's okay with you guys that we put your information on the show notes, you know, email address, if people want to get a hold of you, learn more about what God's doing with you, or they have any questions about leadership. Uh, and also, Dev Mission International and House of Praise and all those things that you're so, so connected to. So, obviously, part of leadership is building teams. Yeah. So, as you look back and your various roles of leadership already, what stands out to you? What helped you to build a team? Did you always see the need for teams? Did you do things yourself at first? Some people just do it themselves and realize, I can't do this myself, I need help, you know? How did that work for you, either of you? How did that work for you?
1: Okay, in the beginning, we, we we sort of went and looked and we were like, we were not sure what we were doing, but we obviously asked the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right. But also, um, we we had learned about looking for one son of peace. Good, and Then you, you connect in. with the son of peace and then they kind of lead you, you know? And yes. that's how we started, and yeah.
0: So, hey, be specific about that. What did that look like when you did that? You found somebody who, the person of peace was somebody who had influence, right?
1: Yeah, someone who has influence in the area or someone who is open to the gospel. Okay. And that's what we used.
2: Tell us more. Um, it can be very difficult finding volunteers, as anybody knows, um, yeah. working, in, you know, not, working in a volunteer environment. That's right. Um, and so, we felt specifically called to youth in, in Cape Town. And there were people that, there were wonderful volunteers that came with us for seasons. And, sure. and you know, they, they came and they went. They moved to other countries or they, mm-hmm. you know, for different reasons, they would come and then, you know, move on to other things. Um, but there were specific youth that we focused on. We sort of, it was our strategy. Um, if we found a youth that was, um, had a good character, was faithful, and was willing to pour into other people, we we'll would basically put every opportunity we could in front of those youth and let them run with it. Okay. And so that actually now is our team. It's mostly youth that we've met when they were, you know, 16 awesome. years old okay. and things like that. So as you might have gathered, we don't really, um, we're working with youth, so it might be a bit different than working with adults. Sure. I don't really know. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, as far as leading youth compared right. to leading adults. Right. So currently uh, the youth group and the the cycling club is continuing and it's being led by youth that are part of the team that were at one time just, you know, we met them when they were Teenagers, so okay. we're That's, very blessed by
0: that. Yeah, now, some somewhere in, in this whole journey, you got this idea from God that you're called to be missionaries yeah. because you know you do school and we both went through Bible school and you do a lot of different things. You work in the restaurant, you know, and on and on. So, how did that happen? How did you come to a place where you realize we're called to be missionaries? Did that happen before you were married? Did it happen as you were married?
1: Uh, for me, I remember when I was 19, 18, and I was still new in the Christian faith. Yes. I remember uh, being in church, and I was praying, and there's this verse in the Bible, I think it's in Proverbs, that says, uh, make, your, make your vision plain and bright. Yes, it that's of right. Your heart. It and is. I did that, and I was asking the Lord, so what is my vision? What is my mission in life? And I felt clearly saying that you know I will lead you to my people, to lead my people, or to serve my people. And I always walked with that as a youth, and I did not know how that would look like. And then I went to Bible school, and I continued to seek the Lord on that. Mm -hmm. And then I met Joe, and Joe, when we started dating, he told me that his mission is to... Be a missionary or work somewhere. Wow. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: yeah. so really it was from scripture, you know. Proverbs says, without a vision, people perish. Yeah. And I think it's the book of Habakkuk, chapter two. Just write the vision down, make it plain and tablet so you can run. Right. Yeah. So it was the scripture that spoke to you yeah. uh, and kind of led you on the next part of your journey. How did it work for you, Joel? Um,
2: I think I always sort of felt called to ministry. I think especially when I was um, 15 years old, I, I started going to my brother's church and that's where I met the Holy Spirit and that's where sure. I started experiencing you know the things of God. Right. Um, eventually ended up in Bible school and um, then eventually, I actually pastored a small church before we got married. Okay. Um, and then after we got married, our, our circumstances changed. Two months after being married, we came to the United States to visit for over Christmas and maybe okay. a month or so longer. Yeah. And then all our opportunities in South Africa closed. so We actually ended up staying um, for seven years oh, wow. in Pennsylvania. So that whole seven-year period, we were there was we were not doing anything as far as ministry. We were just extremely dormant. And
0: you were here in Pennsylvania? In Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania yes, yes. Seven years
2: yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so over that seven-year period, we didn't do anything as far as ministry. So it was, it was just a dormant time, and then...
0: We talked um, about the call back, and somehow you were called back in. Yes. Talk about how that happened. But we
2: always felt that... Um, that our call was still to to missions and and specifically to Africa and there was specifically
0: Africa or South Africa? Africa. Africa, yeah, Africa. you said right. nowhere. That's but right. Let's talk about that because a lot of people get these ideas from God God's calling me to Africa or Asia or wherever how do you boil that down to know exactly where he's called you to be how did you know that? What process did you walk through?
2: Um, we actually eventually got to the place where we decided no we're going Okay. Um, although we didn't know where so okay. we started talking to Peter Bunton from Dove Missions International and he, he was amazing by the way It was like a, a two-year process or something like that without knowing where we're going at that point We started the training for for missions
0: Okay, so then one of the keys to leadership I'm assuming would be go to somebody who knows more than yeah. you do about it Absolutely Get some mentoring some help in the process. Hey, yeah. continue on please
2: and it's, and I rem- That's a good point because I remember I said to Peter. Yeah, we'd be ready in about six months and Peter said, oh, it'll take about two years. Did he really? <laughs> so, And he was right. And he was right. Um, and I, and, and um, so in 2014, we decided we need to figure out where we're going. And so we took a trip throughout all of Kenya and, um, and also to South Africa. And then during that trip, we really felt that South Africa is a place we need to go. And so that's and, and th- at that point we decided South Africa is, would be our destination. So you spied out the
0: land, you went to yeah. two that's different right. countries, back to your home country right. in South Africa where you had met and, and see what God was saying and God led you then to South Africa. That's yeah. right. That is so cool. So as you look back, are there things you would have done different? You know, As you look back at your life so far, I mean now you're involved in leadership with youth groups, you know, and I mean, you're serving in South Africa. But are there things you look back and think, oh, we should have done this different or this different or this different? Anything you can think of, either of you.
1: Not really. For me, I I think it's a journey. You learn as you go. So I I don't see anything we did wrong. Or we I feel we were prepared well. Beautiful. Yeah.
2: Beautiful. How about you, Joe? Yeah. I also believe Peter did a, a really a really good job. Um, I think one thing I would maybe do different um, is in the beginning year in the beginning years that we were there in South Africa. Um, you know, maybe not take things so. I don't want to say not take it seriously, but there was times when the um, you know we, we, the goals that I had and and the um, you know when you're in a mission field sometimes the goal the, the picture isn't exactly what you thought it would be and right. you maybe wanted to reach a certain place and you're right, not there yet right. maybe not letting the stress of that um, sure. affect our marriage uh, affect our relationship and maybe be a little bit more chilled as far as that goes um, but yeah other than that I th- you know well,
0: let's talk before. about that let's talk about your marriage because you guys come from two totally different cultures yeah. Amish You know, and Kenyan, right, (laughs) you, Kenyan, right, yeah, so let's talk about that, I mean, God brought you together, you fell in love and what are some things that you've learned or some surprises maybe along the way, or some things you've learned, I mean, nobody has it all figured out, I'm sure you know, we sure know, nobody does, we're all learning together, but what are some things you've learned that would help uh, others who may be in a cross-cultural relationship or considering a cross-cultural relationship, Um, talk to us about that, either of you, who's going to start this, this could be dangerous territory. I think the most important
1: thing for us we met in South Africa. Yeah. So we were not we were in neutral grounds. Yeah. But if you meet in a neutral ground, make sure you visit your spouse's homeland.
0: Good. So you're saying it'd be really important to visit the country, yeah. visit the homeland, visit the family, and you learn a lot from that.
1: And if you can live there for a certain amount of time, yes. do
0: that. Good. Yeah. You lived here you said seven, years, seven years, right? Years, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. What about mm-hmm. you, Joe?
2: Um, for me, I've learned uh, that um, you really have to read between the lines when someone's taught when your um, significant other from another culture is talking. Sure. And also realize that words and tones don't mean the same thing in every culture. Oh, that's good. Um, so, like, I could say something that was perfectly normal and it could be really offensive to her sure. or, or hurtful, you know. And I think you have that if you marry the girl down the street as well, but right. it is, it's, um, it's magnified if you're from a different culture. And um, one thing I learned about marrying is, you know, I asked, do you want to go there? And, and she'll say, we could. And to me, that means it's still not sure we could think about it. Um, but to her, that's an absolute definite thing. We are going. Okay. Um, and for, for me, you know, in my my sure. the, the way my mind is developed in in this country, you know, is way. If you want to go somewhere, you say yes, absolutely, let's do it. Right. And so just simple things like that, where you where you have to, you have to look beyond the words and the tones and see the person's heart. Um, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> look beyond
0: the words and the tones and see the person's yeah. heart. That's very good.
2: And 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 like Marion said, sometimes you don't understand unless you've actually been in that culture and you saw that that other person is not the only weird person but they're all like that right. and then you start to understand you know, where they come from and, and what they mean when they say the things they say you know <laughs> <laughs> that's just your significant other that's got some weirdness but their whole family
0: has got some weirdness right, right. and their <laughs> cousins and their have... neighbors <laughs> and their cousins and their neighbors so good do you, do you think it's a strength to live in a third nation you know, as you're involved in ministry and leadership, I mean, you live in, a, you don't live in Kenya, you don't live in USA, you're living in South Africa, is that a strength, you
2: think, or does that even make it harder? I think it does help us because it's a neutral ground, you know, it's, right. um, you know, we meet in the middle, you know, that old country song, we'll meet in the middle, so that's kind of what we did. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> you, you agree?
1: Yeah, I do. But I, you know, I come from a third world country yes. and Joey's from a first world country and right. we're in a develop, developing country. So I think that helps. It, it okay. does help. You know, there's some things that I see that he doesn't see and some sure. things he sees that I don't see. So, yeah. And being an American it's it's really good sometimes you can be taken advantage of, you know, right. because of the situation and be coming from a third world country I can have a third eye and say, No, you don't wanna do that, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, so yeah. Awesome. When, when we're in Kenya she does the negotiations. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I yeah. get that totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I totally get that. And most of the countries I go to, I have local people do all the negotiating. Because right. you know, right. I get that wrong every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And of course, and also, I mean, in America we have tribes too. We still call calm tribes, but, yeah. you know, we've got you know, certain families and ways of doing things. Like a right. tribe, of course, in Africa, tri- yeah. tribes are pronounced more. And every tribe is so different too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think, well, if you're American, you're American. If you're South African, South African. Kenya, you're right. Kenya. But it's more than that because right. it goes to the next the next level also. Yeah. Wow, so proud of you guys for the way you navigate through all that. Yeah. You. So you you're now missionaries and serving the people of Cape Town, South Africa, especially those in the younger generation. And at this point, that's what God's called to do. You're going to continue on with that. What else would you want to share with those who have a heart for leadership or heart for missions? What else would you want to share with them that would help them in their journey? Someone says, I'm called to be a missionary. I'm called to be like Joel Smucker. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. What else would you say? Now, you mentioned getting help from someone like Peter Bunton, mm-hmm. Dev Mission International. Again, all on this, the this show notes, anybody listening in. We have people now listening in from like 90-some nations, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. So if people have interest in this, they can go to the show notes. There's email addresses there. They can contact, you know, Dev Mission International. Or contact you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything else you'd want to say to help those who say, this is my call. Things that you've learned, either of you.
1: Yeah. I think one thing is, um, like Chris said, find someone who can mentor you through the journey. Yes. And second of, um, remember you're a servant. Oh, that's that, good. that has to stand out. Like I always have to remind myself. You know, like we've seen some messed up leadership. The people that you're leading, they're supposed to serve you. Right. But remember, you're there to serve them, not.
0: That's so good. It. That is yeah. clear leadership. That's yeah. Jesus leadership. Yeah, yeah. I found often because I get to so many nations in my lifetime, you know, so many languages and cultures, and I really don't can't really understand any of them really well. I find if you have a service heart and you just love people, it kind of breaks down barriers. Yeah. And it really does work. Mm. You know, yeah. Yeah. What else would you say, say, Joel?
2: I think um, a a common mistake that a lot of um, potential missionaries make, and I was one of them, is that. You go somewhere to um, to fix problems in the the, oh, the yeah. nation or the culture, and you know you're, you you do want to you know help and, and change things where you can, but I think that um, you know maybe maybe more so if you're living in a country like America where you know we're we're sort of seen as advanced in many ways, um, you know, rightly or wrongly, that's sometimes how right. people see it, and so you sort of think that you know we have all the answers and it's it's really important to realize when you go to another country the solutions that I have in my mind that I see would just work awesome here doesn't always work Right. Um, and so I think it's best when you go to just leave all of that behind and get there and and work with the locals and then if down the road it it seems like my solutions that I thought of before work then you can um, then you can um, use them but I think it's really important to work with the locals and understand what works and what doesn't work, how the culture works and things like that. Yeah. So at a certain point, you just got to show up and say, I'm here to help, yeah. but it doesn't have to be my ideas. Yeah. And I think that's really important.
0: Good. So you've been involved in Nevada leadership for a while now. So what are some things you see today? You realize, oh, I didn't see it that way in the past, but I think today I want to lead differently than I would have in the past. You mentioned servant leadership already, and I think that's real key. Is there anything else you can think of that would help our listeners as a aspirant to leadership,
2: um, for me that, that I mean this, this might not necessarily be uh, answering your question on point, but an important scripture for me has always been, uh, "Let this mind be in you, which yeah. is also in Christ Jesus, who, yeah. being in the form of God, yes. thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and yeah. took a, and took the form of a servant, and became obedient unto death, yes. even death on the cross." And I think the highest um, example that you can get from leadership is God Himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus came as you know, the most powerful um, person to ever walk the face of the earth with the most authority. And yet he was a servant exactly. to those he led. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, in the business world, you can get away with being um, not a servant leader. But, you know, if Christ, who is the one we follow, right. is a servant leader, I don't think we should ever consider doing anything other
0: Right. Being a servant leader breaks down barriers. It does in, in cultures and nations, and because when you see somebody's heart, all the other, everything else kind of goes by the wayside. Yeah. Anything else yeah. That, you, that you would like to to, to say, uh, Mary? Yeah, I think for me,
1: it's more relations. You know, just build relationship with people. You yeah. know, when they have their funerals and they have their. Good days just attend and be part of them. Be yes. be one of them. You know yes. that's
0: yeah. 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 So good. Well this has gone so fast. I mean time's almost up already. Yeah. You shared so much. Is there any anything, any last minute insights you would have? To say, I wanna make sure I share this today. Uh, with anyone listening who's aspiring to leadership or I mean some of our listeners are younger people aspiring to leadership. some have been in leadership for many years still saying because we're all learning I mean I'm in my seventies I'm 71 and I'm still learning every chance again I, I meet new people I want to learn from them you know I learned many years ago I remember I was in New Zealand and I was asked to speak at a church and there's this apostolic father who's started this whole movement and he was gonna be at the service that night and I couldn't wait to talk to him because I wanted to ask him all these questions I'll never forget, we sat down, and he said, now, tell me, tell me what you've learned. He said I, I, he said, I just want to hear from you. Tell me what you've learned. Where did you learn? What did you learn? And I thought, that's why God has used this man. And he was just so open, so humble, and he was asking me, I was just some kid. You know, I was young, a young leader. And so, so uh, regardless of the age of people that are listening right now, anything else that you'd say, this is something that's really important I want to share with you. What else have you learned?
2: Um for myself, um I, I strongly believe that in the body of Christ your relationship in Christ and even just your personal relationship that you know that you've built over the years is more important than your organizational relationship. Boy, that's good. Um that's and that has changed in the last while, but there was a time I think where, you know, what if you were in my church or if you were in my organization, we're friends, but once you know right. you know, um so I think it's really important to um to value people for who they are yes. and not necessarily what they can add to organization or That's something like so that good. and one thing I learned um, when I was young is to not and I think especially so in the church is to not get between people in the door um, if they're there if they're there let them be there by their own volition by their own freedom instead of us trying to corral them somehow. That's good. um, And even though as a pastor, you know, sometimes we want to keep people safe. Right. And we want to, and and for us, sometimes we see safety as, you know, here where we understand we we can, you know, know, I I think it comes out of a good motivation, but I think it's really important to, um, you know, to not, like I said, not get between people and the door in case the Lord leads them somewhere else.
0: That's really good. Awesome. Marion, any last-minute insights? No, I think
1: that's it. He said it well. He said it well? Yeah, we we have learned that too. Yeah. Especially now we work with youth. They will come there for six months, and they go. And I've learned to just believe that I've sold some seeds, and Mm -hmm. they will grow, and I don't have to see the fruit. So, yeah, Yeah, just be, yeah, just release them when they need to go. Yeah.
0: It's been so refreshing, you know, your story, your story, Marion, of being in a restaurant and Merle and Shang coming into that restaurant and you being hungry for the next work of God in your life, you know, and that whole connection. That's just amazing. So it's for all of us. We just need to realize wherever we're at, it's being present and saying, Jesus, what are you doing here? We might think we're just there for, you know, for uh, a meal, yeah. but God has there for another reason right? and so appreciate your hearts, your spirits and uh, appreciate the way you've worked so faithfully in House of Praise all these years and also with Dev Mission International Mm -hmm. and thank you for being one of the authors of this book, Evolving Missions Mm -hmm. and uh, compiled by Peter Bunn and Hillary Vargas, 24 voices. You're one of the 24 voices, Joel. That's right. Great job on that and this book is available. You get this wherever you buy books or you get it from, uh, you can get that from the Dev International store. So, thank you for joining me today as we learn these small things that we can change. And you shared a lot of them in this podcast that make a massive difference in people's lives in the future. So, God bless you. Look forward to seeing you in Cape Town, South Africa sometime again. All right. Yeah. Thank so, you. So, thank you for being on the podcast. God bless you both. And everyone listening in, thank you. Check out the show notes. And we'll be back with a brand new podcast next week. God bless you. Oh. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to larrykreider.com.